It's The Difference, your weekly look at the intersection of politics and economics with me, talk show host extraordinaire Dan O'Donnell, and Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. October 1st, a big, big day, Dave, for anyone who had student loan payments paused. Yeah, that's right. In fact, those student loan payments are intended to come back online. And Dan, that's $180 billion on an annualized basis. So, you know, just think about the comparison of what that could be like. That could drive down the GDP by the least amount of estimates by 0.2%. But we think it might be more than that, because as that kicks in, people will have less money to spend on other items, restaurants and travel and the like. So, you know, this thing is certainly going to make some news and it's going to affect the GDP. I think President Biden's uh, people are saying it's going to be 0.2% GDP hit. I think might be understated. It might be more than that. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot more because student loan payments have just gone up astronomically as the price of college has gone up accordingly. I mean, just totally out of whack with the rate of inflation, really, since what, the mid-1980s? Way way above the inflation rate, exactly. Yeah, I mean, tuition went from absolutely affordable, Dave, I think when you went to college, uh, what were you paying? Just a couple of Buffalo Head nickels to go to your one-room school? Right. Was that it for college? Yeah, a couple of... a cup of soup, but then I had to go and wash dishes. Man, it was it was a different story. You you worked your way through college too, of course. Right? I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I worked. I was a bank teller for a summer and hated every second of it. Actually, I didn't, but I just knew I wanted to do something that was going to be career oriented. Next summer, I got an internship at a radio station. I was hired about a month into my internship, and I really have never looked back. I've never held a quote unquote real job since then. I was fortunate enough. You know, to I have knew an you back then. Scholarship. You know, I had you. I knew you back then. I know. Then. I mean, I re- we, we go way back. On- on that other radio station, yep. I was hosting your uh, your Saturday show, radio show. I guess yeah. I could I can say, even though yeah. I work for WISN and iHeartMedia, I was at TMJ for many many years, starting when I was 19 years old, if you can believe that. Yep. Uh, and I was, and you were doing the Brewers as well, if I remember. Yeah, I was a I was the Brewers post game host. I would come in on Saturdays and uh, do some of the how to programming. I hosted a legal advice show, a, a yep. pet show, a car show. Now, I wasn't giving out advice. I hosted it with a veterinarian, of course. Uh, the point being, though, that I had to work throughout college, you had to work throughout college, and I was fortunate enough to have an academic scholarship to go to Marquette University, so I didn't come out of either college or law school with a lot of debt. I had parents who were able to help me out with that, and I, of course, am very blessed with that, but the price of of college college tuition. We're now exploring this, as I know you are, with Mm -hmm. your uh, son. I've got a son who is turning 16 in a couple of days as we tape this on September 11th. He's a sophomore in high school. Next year, he takes, you know, the ACT. And I'm looking at the price of pretty much every... I mean, you're not getting into any school for under about, what, $20,000 a year? Minimum. Yeah, that's right. And that's a state school. That's exactly right. But yeah, was, I mean, you, funny. Go to, you go to Marquette. Marquette, yeah. what are you looking at, $35,000, $40,000 a year? You know, uh, I have a sophomore in college, and, uh, you know, we, we started early, I, as you would think, uh, putting money into uh, her 529 plan, and we did pretty well with it, right? And she spent the last year in London, 
and obviously it was an expensive visit. But, you know, one thing that I did not plan for, despite all of that money that we that we saved, I didn't plan for sending her mother to London three times. That's something that you cannot take out of a 529 plan. So her college education is far more than anything else. Yeah. And it, 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 for those students who do and those families who do have to take out student loans, it really is sort of, I'm not going to say it was a mirage the last mm-hmm. three years or so with those payments being paused, how much disposable income, take home pay they have. But when you combine now the return of student loan payments with the dramatic increase in the price of pretty much everything. I mean, you have got people who are just going to be so financially squeezed that a whole lot of the disposable income is just gone. When you saw this study, that was $900 more a month, the average family. And that was before the student loan payments came back in. So there's going to be, I agree with you, there's going to be a big squeeze. And that's why this 0.2% of GDP, I think, is understated. It's it's completely understated, just as I suspect the Biden administration's Labor Department has been understating the severity of just what we're seeing out there on the street with respect to the monthly jobs report. Yeah, that's right. Every single monthly jobs report since, what, May has been revised downward and not by just a couple of thousand jobs either. Significant revisions downward. Yep. I I am still, I don't want to be a doomsayer here, but I'm just more pessimistic about the state of the economy, I think, than than most economists. And I think I have always believed for political reasons, there has been a concerted effort to make people think that the economy is doing a lot better than it has. I can't deny, yes, obviously for the investor class, it's been great. Assets, stocks, this, this past year has been very, very good. In terms of people who are out there on Main Street as opposed to Wall Street, it has been a struggle. And this is why you've got you've got people in the Biden administration openly saying, well, how do we convince people that Bidenomics is working for them? The message isn't ju- is just not getting out there. Well, I think the simple fact is that the message isn't getting out there because people are not better off. They are feeling the pressure, and that's just going to exacerbate in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so that's, there's, you, you hit on two good points. So first of all, you talked about the student loan payment as a fiscal drag. There's another fiscal drag that is that is happening right now that isn't getting a lot of attention, and that's this employee retention tax credit that was out there, yeah. $150 billion. Well, that's going away, and that money that went out, that had a significant effect on employment. So if you look at where employee growth came from, by firm size, uh, almost all of it came by companies less than 500 employees, and even more came from, from companies that have under 50 employees. So when people talk about this, the engine is the small businesses, it is beyond empirically correct because over 500 employees, that had a decline where the job growth came was from small companies. And that is going away as well through this employee retention tax credit. So you look at that and say there are two drags that are coming down the road right now that aren't getting a lot of attention. And as, as you pointed out, the, the employment numbers have been cut in half. They were running about 3% somewhere in there last year. That has been cut in half to 1.5% by the last reading in August of 2023. So there's no question that this is, is putting pressure on the Federal Reserve. 
that is the reason why the Fed got away with what they did. And the fact that we haven't had a recession is because the employment numbers have stayed strong. Now, if that story changes into 2024 and the Fed has got to start lowering interest rates in front of an election, the Fed will be politicized once again. Do you think that's ultimately what's going to have to yeah, happen? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't see how it doesn't. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if, if it starts to slow down, the Fed is going to be put in a predicament. And by the way, there's another thing that you talk about, the drag that are on consumers. The Saudis said they're going to keep with their oil cuts, and their target is 90 to to $100 a barrel. So now as we go into the back half of the season and you look at it and go, if gas prices are up and oil prices are going up, and by the way, we have another hurricane headed towards the Atlantic and another one behind that. If either one of those hurricanes knock off oil production, you're going to see oil prices come up. So you're going to start to see that the Fed is in a predicament that all of this lagging rate cuts is going to put pressure on them. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of decisions. And by the way, do we even talk about the UAW? The UAW nope. wants to go on strike on Friday. Yes. And they want 40% increase in pay and, want, and work uh, four days a week. Well, What's that going to do to productivity, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. This, by the way, has been the summer of strikes. It's actually kind of amazing to see how many different labor unions yep. have been threatening or very, very close to actually going on strike. UPS was sort of the big one. What was that resolved yeah. in late July, right. August, somewhere there? The Why rail. do you suppose that is? Well, the real because they have the opportunity to do so. Right, so you've got the rail, and now you've got the hotel workers in Las yeah, Vegas rail striking, yep, yep. And, the, and the hotel workers in Vegas. And so, why is because there's a good Wall Street Journal article on it because this is their time to to make their point, right? And so the pendulum had swung from the employer to the employee during COVID, and perhaps it's starting to swing back now to the employees, maybe back to, to the employers, back towards the middle. We'll have to see. But if you're running a union and you go, this is the time to make your point, to strike, if you will, this is the time they're going to do that, and this is they're going to try to get their concessions while they can. Now, with all that as a backdrop, we know we're facing a ton of uncertainty heading into what might be the most volatile election cycle in any of our memories. Yes, even more volatile than the COVID election just four years ago. You have got the Republican frontrunner, Donald Trump, former president, who's going to face not just four trials, four criminal trials. He is also going to face at least one, I believe, two civil trials. I mean, it's just unprecedented what's going on here. So you've got all of that volatility. And that's why you really need to get a handle on what it is you own and why it is you own it. That's why we can't recommend strongly enough a wealth metric. It's free and it's a review of your portfolio available only at AnnexWealth.com. Again, AnnexWealth.com. Dot com. Now, we've been pretty pessimistic for the past 10, 11 minutes, yep. Dave. I got some positive Can you news. make it? Yeah. yeah, make an optimistic yeah. case for I'm the I'm glad you said that. I was here. thinking that. I thought, boy, <laughs> I was being dour uh, today. But all right, here's three, three things. Number one, the Fed is very likely at the end of the rate hiking cycle. So they're, if they are done with that, do they keep rates higher for longer and then start to bring interest rates back down? That'll spur on the economy. That might be into 2024. You know, the Fed looks like they're done. That's number one. Number two, forecasted earnings for 2024 are going to be by comparison. So what did you do in 23 and 22 when earnings were down? If you compare them from one year to the next, the forecasted earnings of 24 look pretty good. 
So that is a good reason to want to you know make sure you know what you own and why you own it, but where you are positioned as well. And number three, Dan, would be the fact that both sides of the political aisle think they're going to win. So that means that they're going to point. be yeah, they both think they're gonna win, so both sides are positive. Right. Generally after the election, you know, if you're a D or R, whoever's in office, you say the world's coming to an end. But if you think that it's going to change, both sides could be positive. So those are three really good positive things to think about as we head into the end of the year and into 2024. And by the way, as you head into the end of the year, people become more positive for lots of reasons, holidays and the like. So there is some positive stuff out there. I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but there is, you know, there's some opportunity sets coming up over the next year or two. Yeah, there's a reason we have something called the Santa Claus rally, right? It's because, I mean, you get tons of consumer spending, and we are a consumer spending-driven economy. It is Almost 80% services. Yeah, right, right, right. It is going to be really interesting, though, to see holiday shopping. I mean, I would imagine we're going to see another strong holiday season, but could you imagine something of a panic that gets set off if all of a sudden – you have weaker than expected holiday spending because yep. people just aren't able to, well, that's not to, good to spend for, as that's, much discretionary income. That's not good for the incumbent party, as you know. No, I mean, if the no. economy's down and, you know, generally if there's a recession before a presidential election, generally, almost always, the incumbent does not do well. That's not entirely a given, but it is a pretty big harbinger, and that's why there's going to be so much political pressure on the Fed to actually get that soft landing. Because if we're in a recession, now there there are two political schools of thought on this. One, we get into a recession in early 2024, Q1 for example, and then we come out of it very strong, the party in power, the Democrats, can point to it and say, look, President Biden has steered us through unprecedented economic uncertainty, and are you better off than you were? Sure. If that recession, however, really is as deep as some people are predicting, and, but, I don't but think not it's many. But not many. I mean, Goldman Sachs came no. out today and said uh, they only have a 15 to 20 percent chance that we'll have a recession. And if there is one, it will be very shallow. Yeah. So the, I, I don't so the, I don't so, think it's good. I don't think it's going to be a deep recession. Oh, there are some people who think that we're going to be akin to the, the 2008 crash. Yeah, I just no, don't. See no, that. I'm not. I'm Whatever not. happens, though, I can guarantee you this. We will be here to cover every second of it. And the folks at Annex Wealth Management will be there to guide you again. Annex Wealth For Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex, I'm Dan O'Donnell. You've been listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice or recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.